still pick a Chevy Chevelle and that's a fucking terrible car <laughs> and this is Rebels without a clue guys our fucking awesome podcast that you would be well aware by now of what we're all about yep I'm Brad I'm Tony and if you haven't guessed so already yeah basically if yeah. you don't know our names by now I'd be a little bit concerned. I mean we're 50 plus episodes in now it, it's well you think about it we started in September 2018 we did holy shit yeah Oh my god! Could you imagine the extent of the crazy party we put on for September two two thousand and twenty? Crazy what? The crazy party with um all hmm. the money we're making from the oh party. yeah. <laughs> 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 we all we need f- now is the moment of cr- the sound of crickets and the um what's the tumbleweed thing? tumbleweed yeah. rolling by yeah. yeah I think we'll leave it for just a gay man's fart. That'll work. Correct. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we're finally back, guys, after a little bit of a hiatus. hiatus. Yeah. Um, not intentional. Shit just happened. and Yeah. Life gets in the way. Yeah, pretty much. But we're back. And, yes. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you haven't done so already, guys, go go subscribe to us on SoundCloud, <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, Podcast We haven't been on in a while. Podcast Addict, Spotify, and various other podcast apps. You can also follow us on our social medias. You can follow us on our social medias on... (laughs) Fuck you! Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03. Twitter, Rebels Without a 1. And Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue podcast. You cunt. No, that was... That just made... Hey, it's been a while. Okay. But still, that was was very funny. Very, very funny. You know, one of these days I'm going to make you do it. Yeah, good luck with that. Wait! What? What? What did you say? What? What? Anyways, enough fooling around. So, um, Tom Foolery. So I put up a sneak peek about what two weeks ago? <laughs> four weeks ago. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't know if it's four weeks. I think it was two weeks. Let's ago. just assume it's about two I'm weeks. Pretty, ago. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was two weeks ago. Sneak peek for an upcoming episode. Yeah. Six and a half Next weeks minute. later. Next minute. the daily. Next minute. It never came out. Yeah. But yeah, I put it uh 21st of Feb. Oh, I thought that long ago. Two, two weeks. weeks ago. Yeah, okay. So I was right. Um, and if anyone has it at a guess, uh, Dark Side of TV, Will, was the closest guess um, with 4GT. Got the right car, but didn't pick the movie. Mm. And movie this week was Ford v Versus Ferrari. Ferrari, yes. Yes, so new release on DVD and Blu-ray. It was at the cinemas not too long ago. Yep, we finally got around to watching it. And um, and before we get onto it, go on. On one of the reviews that we watched just before recording this, yeah, there was something that caught uh, my ears. You were when... about to say caught your eyes, but didn't you? What? You were about to say caught my eyes. I right did. Now. Then I had to re- quickly retrace my steps and go, I was okay, say, that, that was just a bearded right. American sitting in his study. Yeah, pretty much. A bit odd. But the whole thing that really, I suppose, got under my skin a little bit in terms of having relevance to what he had said was when he made the point of reference of saying that it wasn't, it didn't have a superhero in it. In the sense that there is a complete domination of the market in terms of superhero movies, action blockbusters. For this to be the movie that it was, I was very, very happy in the sense 
that there was content of the story, there was character development, there was a nice flow of emotion through it. There wasn't just this, like, it wasn't just a car movie. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more to it. It was quite layered. Okay. Well, I, I get what you're saying. For me, I found it more so that it is a biopic. Yeah. Right? And if we look at the past few biopics that have come out, very rarely have there been any shit ones. Yes, correct. Biopics have been kicking ass when they and come out. And I think out. we come to the and grand been done, last time. And they've been done very, very well. So, with that in mind, that's why I'm not surprised with this particular movie that it did so well and it was done so well because biopics are fucking... They're done right now and they're done very, very well. They are. So... Oh, that's how that's how I see it. And who was the wait? Oh, wait. So the director James Mangold. I just need to give you the credentials. Yeah, of when what you we're when you were with. listening to the credentials being ratted off, yes. I think I had to pick your jaw up off the floor. Yeah. So James Mangold did Logan, Walk the Line, The Wolverine, Three Ten to Yuma, Identity, and Girl Interrupted, which. I'm a very, very, very big fan of. So, hearing the fact director has kind of the props that he does for creating the movies that he's done, um, it doesn't surprise me that of the success of this movie. Yeah. There is nothing that would have suggested that, like, even watching the trailer, it didn't look shit. No. There was no point in the trailer where I was like, Oh, this is just going to be one of yeah, those Yeah, like I remember watching, movies. I remember seeing the trailer for the first time going, that looks cool. Yes. I want to see that. Yes. So I was pleasantly surprised at what they kind of depicted in the trailer and the content you were getting out of the trailer actually hit the screen. Yeah. It was nice to see that translated Not to over. mention the cast lineup for it as well. Yeah. Like you had, you had Matt Damon, Christian Bale. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Um. You also had, uh, what's his name? So, John, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, John Bernthal. That's the one. Josh Lucas, who hasn't been in a movie for a while. Yep. And I do like the new up-and-coming kid called Noah Jupe, who's... I've seen him in a couple other movies. Uh, I think probably the most famous ones that I know are A Quiet Place and Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's now becoming kind of hot property in terms of young kids. You remember when um, Dakota Fanning was going through the stage where everyone wanted her? Yeah. Uh, and then she became ugly. <laughs> no shit. No shit. That girl got hit with the ugly oh, stick. Oh, no. And, and it's a bad thing to say because she was oh, so no. good at what she did. But then she kind of got older and looked like a cracked up, like, Courtney Love Hall. It's not that bad. No, but compared to what she was, it's just, she's just weird now. Like, she doesn't, she's not the cute. So, so she went Macaulay Culkin. Oh, to a degree, but no one goes Macaulay Culkin apart from like River Phoenix or something. But oh, who didn't survive the process? Come on! <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jesus, that was dark. That is dark. Fucking hell! Mm, that's my soul color. Oh. Anyways, where were we? So I was going on the point of I you were juicing like, over the director. Yeah. Yes. So director, great. Movie content, great. Yeah. I don't know whether you have an issue. You probably don't, obviously, because you are quite the comic book fan and you do like a lot of superhero movies and stuff and right. TV. Yeah. But I do like to get more of a snapshot of other movies at the cinemas. Well, yeah. When it's I, not completely saturated. Well, look, I don't only just go to the movies just for the superhero No, movies. of course not. If there's movies that pique my interest, yeah. then obviously I'm going to check it out. Yeah. And for this one in particular, like, I like, I like cars. Like, I, lo- I like cars a fair bit. Okay? So... As soon as I heard Ford vs. Prime, I'm like, all right, already interested, cool. 
What's it about? See the trailer? Huh. Classic cars, racing. Classic GT40. Then A-class, um, then A-list celebrities yeah. starring in it. I'm like, yep, okay, yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. Yep, that works for me. Yeah, I'm going to piss off one of our listeners by the name of Rob. Oh. I'm sorry, Rob, but Ford versus Ferrari made me feel more than Avengers Endgame did. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. It, Avengers Endgame wasn't the be-all and end-all of all movies. No, 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 just no. saying, it's mate. Infinity War. Oh, it, did he froth Infinity War It was more? Infinity War. Yeah. Okay, Apparently, so- According to Rob, that's the best movie ever. Okay, and according to Rob, he's got no taste because after his display- of going, oh, that's a good movie. Do you want to rattle that's- off a couple? Oh, I can't even remember. I, I, I think I blocked that from my mind. Well, one was Jingle All The Way. Again, let's stop at that because there is no point in going past that. Dumb and dumber. Again. Tony, you're just adding fuel to a fire that's already burning for how much I hate Rob's taste in movies. <laughs> that kid just destroyed my soul. Anyways, back on point. Back on point. Okay, I'm moving past it now. So, yeah. So, it piqued my interest. Pretty quick. Okay. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to go see the movies just because- It would have been nice busy. to hear that at the- Oh, yeah. to hear those engines through cinema speakers would have been fucking insane. I know. I, I'm really regretting that I actually didn't like, make the effort to go and see I've it. got some decent speakers. I've got a decent setup. It was good, but it's not cinema great. No. And that would have been No. Could you imagine that something hear like that IMAX? V8 rumble the first time? Oh. In IMAX, that would have just wow. done me over. That would have been nuts. Yeah. Oh, I suppose now, what was a good segue for this when you mentioned that there was quite high celebrities involved with the Well, movie? let's start off with their performances, I suppose. So, Christian Bale. Where Is do you there begin? nothing this man can't do? Where do you begin? I don't even know. Well, okay. So, going back a little bit, the role he had before he did this movie was Vice, the, yes. the movie about Dick Cheney. Yes. Which he put on a lot of weight for. Okay. And then in this, he's borderline anorexic. Yeah. Again. Yes. And drop the weight like that. This guy, I can't fault him. No. Most every movie I've seen with him in it has been brilliant. And his performance has been brilliant. Mm. Like, and I, and this is where like I harp on, like, I think I've said it before, just how method actors just bring out the best performances. They do. Because it's people like that that sink into their roles so deeply that they live it and breathe it, and this is where you get the best out of people. And that was, and he keeps doing it time and time again. That was the interesting part again about the review we watched beforehand, where he mentioned about Christian Bale not being pushed into a role and then not being able to get out of it. Yeah, like the whole comparison, like he was Batman. Yeah, right. I get that stereotype where a lot of people. Well, act as a superhero, and then they're that superhero forever. Like, they can't shake it off, right? But Christian Bale has done that multiple times after the Batman trilogy with Nolan. So it'll make for kind of, you know, reinforce this idea that he is, you know, super capable in taking on any terms of role because obviously with the new news that he'll be coming a Thor villain. Exactly, he's coming back into comic book movies, so he can jump in and out of and this like is what I'm intrigued comic book about. Hero stereotype and doing some Oscar winning films. Yeah, and knowing because like, Ford v Ferrari what won uh, three three awards, three Oscars. That's fucking huge, man. Um, so the thing for me is knowing that he's going to jump into a role like that and being able to bounce out of it again, knowing what we know now. Yeah. And having had this conversation, to see him to be able to do that, I'm going to look at that and go, okay, well, what we said was right. 
and he is versatile. He's dynamic. Everyone he portrays in a movie, it's like you feel as though he is that character. Yeah. You don't question his authenticity when yeah. he's actually doing it. You don't it. feel like he's just putting it on for a paycheck. No. You, you no. know that he's given it his all. And that's that's one of the things I love about Christian Bale is that he doesn't half-ass anything. He doesn't half-ass any roles. He goes full ball every time. And again, his performances show it. That They do. They do. Yeah. And there's kind of no point where, like, for example, I think there's a real separation between the absolute quality actors yep. and that kind of next rung down. Because you can see, like, even the guys in this, like Josh Lucas, Matt Damon, um, even the guy who played um, the Ford... Henry Ford Henry II. Ford II. They all are very, very believable. So there's yeah. really no element of watching it and being caught out on that they're acting. Yeah. It's like very prime example, let's say, for the guy who played Henry Ford II... Um, the scene where they're trying to distract the account manager from fucking shit up and get Henry in the car with Carol, yes. with Matt Damon, um, and he takes him out in the GT40 and fucking hammers yeah. it with him. Suddenly stops and he just sits there crying. Initially. Initially, but it's not out of... Like, you think it's out of fear, but then you it's suddenly realize very cry. quickly it's tears of joy yeah. that they've made this absolute animal of a car from his company. Yeah. Which that was that was a really really cool scene. Like, and I, I loved that. Scene. I, I think it's nice because it could kind of pays homage to what Ford had to go through to get to that GT40 stage. Not only what Ford had to go to go through, what Carol and uh, Ken yeah, that's and the what team I'm getting. That's had what to go through, through yeah. in order to get to that point Correct. to prove that hey, look what we were able to do if you just let us do what we have to do. True. True. And pretty much after that, well, really, they kind of got the green light for almost everything. Well, yes. Yeah, almost. Yeah. And like, spoilers alert going on and then seeing Carol and Miles hmm. basically make that decision to go and do it for themselves. Yeah. But then obviously with what happens in the end, it kind of throws a bit of a spanner in the works. Yes. However, it is nice to see how regardless of the loss where he wasn't awarded first, fair enough, you know, shit happens. But I think he took more out of that in the fact that that they didn't win Mm. because it kind of just reinforced the idea of why he got into racing and what he was about in the first place. So that was kind of a nice, paid homage to the person that he was, regardless of the wins. Yeah. Now back to the performance side of things, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Where do I start? I haven't seen him in anything for a long time. Oh, I've watched quite a bit. I haven't. So this is the first movie I've seen with him for for fucking years. Okay. He was sensational. He was. He was fucking fantastic as Carol Shelby. He he just did it in a way that I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it's it's Carol Shelby. Like, I, I felt like he was the character. Yeah. And it felt to me that he was like, felt like a very down to earth character. It wasn't overacted. No. There wasn't too much always Carol Shelby. No. It was just him playing the part. Yeah. Like there was no overemphasis on trying to make sure that everyone understood who Carol Shelby was. Yeah. It was just him doing what he needed to and for the love and passion that he had to make sure that he got to his end goal regardless of the means of getting there. Exactly. Yeah. Like even to the point where towards the end he actually put his whole livelihood yeah, the whole on business. the line. 
Yeah. Just for this. Which I never knew. Yeah, me neither. Well, I hadn't... I didn't know too much about the whole story in general. Yeah. Um, I knew a brief understanding of it, but this definitely shed a lot more light on all the trials and tribulations they had to go through to get basically where they got to. Yes. Which was crazy. So... I suppose, essentially, they're the two actors that we needed to look at. Maybe. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, the supporting cast, um, I can't remember her name, but the chick who played Ken Miles' wife, so uh, Christian Bale's wife in the movie, she was a great supporter. i got to get like, out of she, Dakota Fanning. She was fantastic. Like, her role and the way she portrayed it was brilliant. She didn't stand out too much, but she had enough of a presence to make it effective towards where the Katrina story was going. Katrina Balfi. That's her name. Right, okay. Molly Miles. Yeah, she was great. And I think she just kind of come across in a way that she was just a supportive wife. Yeah. It wasn't any more convoluted story to that. It was yeah. just she was a wife. She had dramas with him and his whole racing situation. But ultimately, the love that she had for him outweighed everything else, which is kind of nice to see in film because it's... Yeah. Always some kind of fucking drama or dilemma yeah. between husband and wife. Yeah. No, no. Well, how about having just a normal functional relationship? Yeah. Okay, it didn't end exactly how we wanted it to, but ultimately it was nice just but for to what see we the, saw of it. Again, yeah. authentic. And acting. it was good to see that she was kind of like she wasn't just that supportive wife. Like, oh, I'll do whatever you want, honey. I'll Correct. do this. I'll do that. I'll keep. I'll look after the kids while you bring home the bacon or whatever. Yeah. She. I like the scenes where. When Ken needed to get his head pulled in, when she fucking Ken needed. Yeah, sorry. When he needed his head pulled in, she fucking did it. Yeah, she did. She brought him back down to earth and like, okay, fucking wake up. Yeah, which was it was great to see. Like, like you said, a proper functioning relationship. It was. It was great. Yeah, it actually made me a little bit happy. Yeah, it did. Um, one of the other things I suppose that I'd really like to touch on. Uh, okay. The style of the actual film. Yep. The reviewer had said that it was very much filmed in kind of an old style and old-fashioned format. Not just the way it was shot, but kind of the the texture to the actual film. I found like it was kind of like an old film. Yeah, it had a had almost like a sepia a sepia tone overlay over the whole. Correct. Movie. Like a, which a definitely weird made it fit blue hue. That no, I didn't I, find I a blue. Hue. I found a blue hue when it came to the night scenes. But for most of the day stuff, it had that like that sepia kind of orangey, yeah, 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 tone over it, which worked. It worked very well. But like I know for me, getting that kind of you know you're trying to portray an older style film, you know whether it be in the sixties, seventies, fifties, whatever the period of time it was, it felt again authentic. Yeah. So. I think that goes out to the director and the producers who made that conscious decision to go, well, this is what we're filming, but they layered it with that kind of context as well, which just gave it a vibrancy that you don't normally get in film. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of films that have done it as of late. Like what was the one I pointed out to you? Oh, Wormwood. Yeah. Um, which is nice for an Aussie film. But <laughs> um, also as well, there is... What is the name of it? I can't think. I lost my mind. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was something that I found that it just really spoke volumes about the time and effort that actually got put into making this. Yeah. How would you feel about the cars? Where do you start? <gasps> oh, my God. Broom, broom, I'm in my mum's car. Get out of my car. <laughs> the cars, the cars, the cars. Oh, I think watching. I was, I was watching it. 
virtually drooling. Yeah, yeah. They were gorgeous. And like, I'm not the most avid fan of Ford. Um, I, I suppose apart from the Mustang and the Cobra, I've always been a really, really big fan but of would them. Would you still pick a Chevy Chevelle over the Mustang? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking terrible car. <laughs> Uh, but this kind of really made, even if you weren't a fan of Ford, you still enjoyed kind of the journey that they went through to get to the development stage of what they produced. I don't know if you fell in love with the car company itself. If anything, you fell in love with that car. Just that specific car, that GT40 is what you fell in love with. I fell in love with Shelby. Yeah. Well, I think the first opening scene with just his, the Shelby Cobras. Yeah, that you were frothing, and also oh, when he's on fire, oh. and it's like, "Am I on fire now?" All right, well, get me back in the race. Yeah. So, just the kind of person he was, and I suppose what he stood for, kind of says a lot about what the Shelby brand's all about. Okay, so where's the link to the cars? What I'm saying is, the Cobra, the Mustang, they were great in the film. However, Mustang. Well, when they showcase the new Mustang. Oh, in the showroom. Yeah, yeah. But it's got, it's just got lard on the inside. I know, I know. However, <laughs> when they're going through that stage of building the GT40 and then doing the test runs out at the runway area, I'm sorry, but if you do not listen to this movie with quality sound, you are missing out. Yeah, you, you don't experience it the way it should be experienced. Because when they make the changeover of engines... <gasps> The first time they fire it up with that V8 in it, or even when they're in that sound isolation room yeah. with the V8 the in there, my God. Yes. Oh, that was oh, a hell of a noise. It just gave me shivers because, again, I love the sound of a nice car. Yeah. So when they put it actually in the actual car itself and started it up and then was starting to drive it, and even the way the driving sequences were filmed, it just like... You felt like you're in the fucking car. Mm. I don't know. It was something that really kind of did exactly what it needed to. Yeah. It made you feel like you were part of the journey that of what scene, they were going through. That scene when Carol goes, picks up Ken from his house. Yeah. Goes, only be 10 minutes. Only be 10 minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. 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 Takes him to the airfield. It just got off the plane with the V8 in it. Yes. Yes. Jumps in there. And you just hear it start up that first time and it just roar off. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Come, like, Christian Bell does his quick little lap or whatever, comes back, sort of gets out. What do you think? Give me a sec. Jumps back <laughs> in and goes again. Like, yeah. oh, that was so cool. And again, I think that kind of feeds into the way that his character is portrayed in terms of how much he loves cars, what he's all about, and that it wasn't for racing to win, it was racing to race. Yeah, And, like, there's that whole scene where he's sitting out on the tarmac with his son and talking about the perfect lap. Even just a tiny, tiny sequence like that had so much meaning to the overall story. I think as far as speeches in that film, that speech in particular was probably the best. Mm. And then, obviously, and I, a lot they- of people were raving on about uh, Matt Damon's speech at the Mustang opening about what they're doing and whatnot and mm-hmm. the, f- the future of... Ford and Shelby racing and all that sort of shit. I didn't think it was that great. It was like, okay, oh, that's, that's it. Like, okay, that's not that good. Mm-hmm. But that little sort of dialogue between Ken and his son about the perfect lap was... And when they was- follow it up, when Ken's in the actual car doing the Le Mans race at the end, and then his son says it was the perfect lap. Yeah. When he's told to come in, 
slow it down, wait for the other GTs. But he's like, nah, I need to get one more lap in and to do it properly. Yeah. It was kind of poetry in motion. It was, yeah. Literally. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> Budget. I can't believe it. A hundred mil. A hundred million dollars for this movie. I think half the well half a budget would have gone to the cars alone. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, well, probably hard. not because I'm guessing for that kind of movie they wouldn't have gotten they would have made replicas. Yes, it just would have been they definitely wouldn't have whatever. Been. Yeah. However, it's still nice to know that they got their money's worth out of that film. Oh yeah. Regardless of what that film made, which probably would have been huge, huge. However, it's something where. You know, they can actually put money into a film. And yes, it's a large amount of money. However, the fact that it allows the movie to kind of grow organically in the sense of, you know, the cars spoke volumes, the story spoke volumes, the way it was filmed, every angle that the movie was looked at was just unbelievable. Cool little thing. Yes. Uh, So, after spending seven weeks in the top 10 in domestic box office in the US alone, it Grossed a hundred and six point six million. In how many in weeks? the US in seven weeks? That's only seven weeks of being out, and it grossed a hundred million in the US only. So that's basically covered what budget was. Yeah, the they whole broke film. even with just the US. That's mental. That is absolutely mental. That's fucking nuts. That is so good. Now I'm. It's curious. good to hear that it got the recognition and it made the money that it deserved to make. So Ford versus Ferrari. Ford v Ferrari. Regardless. No. Box office globally. 225 million. Doubled. Yeah. So they've made their money back, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. How did you feel with the scenes with the driving? I, can, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe What it. emotions were being brought out for you watching that? I felt... How would I describe it? Like I was on the edge of my seat for majority of the races. Yeah. Like you knew... Obviously, because it's the story the way it is, you knew how it was going to end, but the way it was shot, you're just like, come on. Like, you felt like cheering him on, like, come on, come on. Oh, yeah, it does. And even when he's in the car and every time he kept pulling up next to the guy in the Ferrari, that guy in the Ferrari, I wanted to fucking knock his teeth out. <laughs> his face shoot me because, you know, when you intensely look at a TV for too long and your face ends up getting this? What, the, the dead eyes? Yeah, where were you just... You lose yourself in that shitty blank stare looking at a TV where you're like, and then you creep into that by the end of it. What's that? I can't describe the face. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I'm going to sound like a fucking moron trying to explain it. However, Do watch it. the movie. And when you see Ken pulling up beside the Ferrari driver on the back straight towards the end. Wait, we're doing at the end when? Not before the car, the Ferrari blows out. Oh, okay. So in, that's at night in the rain. That night in the rain, but also a couple of times in the day when they pull up side by side coming into that bend and they look at each other. And I feel like I'm Ken Wiles because I just want to fucking punch a cunt out. Like, yeah, this is my car. This is my car. It just kept, it gave me anxiety. Like, I wanted the Ferrari to fucking burn. I think it's because when it showed the Ferrari driver looking over, he kind of smirked and. It, smug. It, was that, it was that smug smirk, it's like he was looking down on him going, yeah. peasant. Yeah, with your shit forward. Yeah, but it, I think that's what gave it that kind of feel to make you feel that way. Yeah, And even just the smugness of all the people involved with Ferrari, yeah. it kind of, I don't know, I suppose made me feel, like normally I love Ferrari. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm after, both. yeah, after watching that, it kind of they pissed me off. But I think what recovered their reputation was towards the end when the owner of Ferrari does the hat tip. Yeah, tip the hat to Carol. Yeah, yeah. That was, was it? Awful. No, wasn't it Ken? One of the two. I can't remember. Yeah, regardless. Either way, they got the recognition they deserved from Enzo Ferrari. So again, I think that the fact that they didn't get the win. It still was kind of satisfaction enough by getting the hat tip. Yeah. And you know what? I'm super surprised. Maybe maybe he did. I'm not sure. I haven't read too much into it. I'm surprised that Enzo didn't approach both Carol to and drive. Ken to come to him. Oh, uh, okay. Like to come to Ferrari. Well, I suppose- the- Can you imagine that combination for Ferrari? Oh, they, they would have been Whoa. an unbeatable force. Fucking hell. That would have- but at the end of the day, Fiat bought out Fiat. Yeah, yeah, Fiat. bought out Ferrari. So mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is now, and I don't think Ferrari are too displeased about where they're at at this point no, in time. No, no. I don't think they're ever going to lose their reputation of being no. what they are. No, I think the whole racing thing for Ferrari, well, for Enzo at least, was more of a personal thing. Correct. It was his. It was basically his baby. It was. Uh, what also I kind of noticed. Like heading coming back onto the actors, <clears throat> the chemistry between Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Yeah, from the get go, you love, love, love their relationship. Yeah. Even the scene when they're wrestling on the grass, <laughs> and the wife pulls out the deck chair, goes and sits on the front lawn with the paper, watching him, and he's like, "What were you doing? That thing in the ribs? What? What was that?" And oh my god, I was in hysterics. That was that. You went for it. I was like, what was that? Like, because he was high pitched. (laughs) Fucking leave me alone. (laughs) I can't do Christian Bale doing a fucking English accent, can I? No. But you can do an English accent. Yeah, I can do an English accent, but I'll end up going Cockney again. Oh, what was that in the ribs? Oh, what was that, Gov? Just go Scouse. Oh, Scouse is fucking chicken and cock. For all of our Scouse listeners, uh, zero. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Oh, shit. But yeah, no, the, the the chemistry between the two of them, you just knew that they were like they've been it felt like they were friends forever. Mm. Like they've known each other virtually all their lives. Like they basically grew up together. And it's a tell all with chemistry of actors. You kind of feel like off screen, I would assume that they had a pretty good relationship. I felt that off screen, after every shoot, I just felt like the two of them would have just Gone went, and got, went and got in a couple of beers and yeah. just talk shit. Yeah. It felt like they had that kind of chemistry. Yeah. It's noticeable because it translates on screen. Like I've seen, you know, dynamic combinations of actors and actresses who get on screen and even like can be male, 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 female, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's a really noticeable difference in terms of how it's acted out and the chemistry that they bring to the film. Yeah. And if it's not there... It detracts so much away oh, from the feel of it. Yeah. Because with them two, I wanted to be their friend. I wanted to be part of them. Yeah. Definitely. And getting that vibe, again, tick for the director for being able to do that and yeah. for the people who casted the movie. Yeah. Now, as a car enthusiast, it's interesting to watch that because one, as I said, I'm not a Ford fan. Okay. But- Looking at it now, I can officially say I'm probably objectively quite a big fan. Not ju- like I would you say of the, the of the car brand itself, or just 
a couple of models that just have worked their way into your heart. Uh, yeah, I think it's more affirmed. Definitely the Cobra. Yeah, but that's more of a Shelby car. It's not a again, but again, yeah. the fact that it's associated with Carol. Yeah, but the GT40 is just a fucking weapon. Yeah, it um, is I, genuinely I, a weapon. Yeah, like I always liked the GT40. Like even as a young kid, look, Mum was a big Elvis fan, so obviously the Elvis movies would play a home a fair bit. Yeah. I can't remember what movie it was where he was a race car driver. We gotta win this race. Elvis, we gotta win this race. We gotta win win this race. race. Um, But yeah, the car he drives in that is the GT40. Yeah. And interesting. Even when I saw that as a kid, automatically, that's a cool car. Do you remember what they had said in the movie about why it was called the GT40? About it being 40 inches from the ground? Yeah. That's because that was like a regulation. It to, yeah, it had to pass regulations yeah. by being forty inches and over. So that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. So that's interesting. And the little trick they did um, to chalk it up. The what are they called? To use basically. Shh, shh, shh. Sorry, that was a car down the street. Want <laughs> 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 to remember that? Uh, 30, 34, 35. <laughs> um, oh no! 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 Keep it for yourself, you dirty pig. Rotisserie. No! Who wants a rotisserie? My no, chicken. I don't. Stop. Stop it, Ron. Stop. We got to win those race. Yeah, so before each race, the cars had to be inspected to make sure they were of regulation. Yes. And they had to be 40 inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, what for, so what they decide to do is chalk the car up. Just until... Do you know what's funny? Every time you say the word chalk, I think of like big wogs and like just sliding big wogs <laughs> under the car. It's like, what am I doing? Why am I under the car, bro? <laughs> why, I swear, we're not here. Why is there three of us piled on top of each other? What are you doing? Anyway, so they would chalk the car. Oh my God, what are you doing? Putting me under again. So they chalked the car oh my God! for the regulation testing. And then yeah. once that was done, they got rid of the chalk. So it was actually, oh, a, little shit! Bit, it was actually a little bit lower yeah. than 40 inches. Walla, bro. Walla. <laughs> oh my God. So that was a cool little yes. kind of sneak peek. of like, oh, cheeky little fucks. Or even just those like cheeky little things that they did during the race. Such as? Uh, for example, oh, um, yeah. when... The bolt... <laughs> Before that, even the um, clocks, when, the... when Matt Damon took the stopwatches from the Ferrari team's sort of thing, just really sneakily. Yeah. Like, and then they're all freaking out. Where are the watches? Where are the watches? And like, How would they say it in Italian? Um, oh, uh, where is me watch? Uh, where is the watch? Where is the watch? <laughs> in the garage. It's in the garage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Minchia, we left it in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck but from progressing why is him under the car to like full fucking minga <laughs> oh oh como veloce 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 ah <laughs> uh, that's good that's but good. even like that little trick you played and like you said leaving the nut um, on mm. the on the tarmac for them to find and start freaking out just to sort of throw them off their game. And then how did the Italians, like, what were they saying to Enzo upstairs, but, like, imitate it? Oh, my God. It's a nothing, it's a nothing, don't worry. It's a way, it's, it's, it's a good. <laughs> tutto bene. <laughs> tutto <laughs> bene, tutto posto venue. <laughs> Minchia, it's in the garage. Oh, Minchia, we left him in the garage. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Oh, oh guys, no. I guess it's a kind of you have to be here for this moment because yeah. just the hand actions that are going along with this. Well, you wanted to meet in person, that if you if you're Italian and you speak <laughs> Italian, you talk mostly with your hands, <laughs> like I'm doing right now. Yeah, literally, it's like you're cupping balls. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, we okay. spend too much time together. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just cool little things like that. But they're little sort of tricks to get that little advantage. Yeah. It was fucking cool. It was good. Very good. Uh, in terms of the heartfelt story, how did you find it? Like, did, at any point, were you really attached to the story at all? Yeah. Like- I felt like I was attached the whole time. From, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Just from the get-go, as soon as kind of the characters got introduced and you found out about how like Carol's past history with racing and why he had to give it up, you felt heartbroken for the guy because- basic wasn't physically able to do his passion anymore yeah which you automatically felt you felt bad for the guy and i think it's the combination of obviously what you were saying with carol and then the story with ken and then his family you really find it's kind of just normal people yeah. doing extraordinary things yes definitely and Throughout the whole film, I just found myself going, oh, that's relatable content. Oh, that's relatable. Oh, I know how he felt like that. Oh, yeah. I know what that would feel like for me. Yeah. So the fact that they can evoke those emotions in the audience watching that, it just, as I said, it adds another layer onto it. So, you know, initially, for example, my mum was hellbent not watching this, like did not want to watch this whatsoever because it looked like a car film. Once I got her to sit down and go through it, she was like, okay, I can see why you told me to watch it. I really, really enjoyed this. You farted. Did you fart? <laughs> Remember that time? 39.35. I can see it. There's sound waves. No, I can see the sound waves. Have it. Have I'm not going to eat it. Have it. I know you want it. It'll be like a fart donut. <laughs> 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 Oh, mate, yours are potent. <laughs> it's seeping through my jumper. I've got the smell of smoke and ass. Good, good. You deserve I've it, got you smoky bastard. Ass in For all my the mouth. time you've gotten me, you bastard. You bastard. Back on point. Okay, you bastard. I also felt the, the, the kind of relatableness of when, I guess, the suits decide to have their little input and like try to fuck shit Tell up. Tell me like, that didn't fucking annoy you. Oh, me. that annoyed me. Oh, it got me so Josh mad. Josh Lucas, I wanted to punch him in the fucking face. The credit to him for being able to act that way that made you feel like you wanted to fucking strangle him. Yeah. It was basically Ramsey Bolton. Oh, I wouldn't say that bad. Oh, you shit me though. He, he did he shit me. He fucking not, shit me. But not like that. But No. But yeah, just like they And all the red tape that they had to go through yeah. to get to the point where they could- do the car and Ford justice yeah. without Ford getting in the way. And it just it makes you think how many car companies have potential situations where red tip. Red, red tip or red tit. <laughs> no, red tape. Red tit. Has actually oh. prevented them from producing something potentially that we've never seen and it never hit the showroom floor because yeah. of red tape. But not even just car companies, just- Companies in general yeah. where that sort of shit goes on and you have fuckwits like that who just ruin what could have been something absolutely amazing yeah. for everyone. Like Mark the Carkwit. <laughs> 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 he comes back. Good yeah, old Mark does. the Carkwit. And makes another appearance oh, yeah. 37 episodes later. Yeah. Uh, what I suppose really 
<laughs> you smelly bum fuck. You smelly bum fuck. <laughs> you are. You're like a fucking shit homeless person. A shit homeless you person? Are. What do you mean? Because you smell like the filth of when I walked past him in laneway. <laughs> Honestly, you smell like fucking burnt hair and rice patties. <laughs> Honestly. Burnt hair and rice patties. I don't know why. It's just the scent that I was getting. <laughs> and you fucking poo batted me with that waft. Alright, I'm good now. This, I'm good you now. You deserve that. Oh, mate, wait till I brew some more. No, no, you've gotten me enough. I've got like a cauldron in my stomach ready to go. Yeah, okay. Let's see if you do with that shit in your pants. No, nah, well, I won't. You will. So, moving on. Um, I suppose what's really interesting to note, and I never thought about it until I actually watched through a guy do the review, racing continuity. I never thought how hard that would actually be to yeah, film. Yeah, because I guess all those sort of little cutscenes and stuff, they're all shot separate. They're yes. not. It's not like, okay, we're going to run these cars around the lap and we're going to get some footage. And I think no, a lot of the right, budget- we want it to do this. Yeah. Okay. Next part, we need the car to do this. Okay. And then they've got to stitch it all together. Just like, oh shit, I never yeah. thought, how do you keep the continuity without it looking- Disjointed. Disjointed yeah. and shit. And you'd have to assume that a lot of the budget would have actually gone to the camera use around the track. Oh, yeah. There would have been so many fucking cameras at different angles to film that. Yeah. And I reckon there would have been quite a few contraptions built for cameras to, like, have that kind of panning shots that they have. Like, especially on the corner. Like, naturally, watching racing now, they'd obviously know what works, what doesn't. But I'm just saying in terms of making a film, it's considerably different to filming an actual live race. Yeah. But then you've got to give props to the editors for how long that would take to actually make sequenced. Mm. Like I would be, you're you're lifting your leg. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. You're a fucking fart bum. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I I nearly fell off my chair from that one. (laughs) Stop wafting. Now you know how it feels, you rat. You burnt hair fuck. <laughs> Christ, man. I'm going to have your fucking corona ass like all cemented <laughs> Let's in Let's not jumper. go on the corona bandwagon. Wait, like who wants the toilet f- paper? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh you fucking go. plebs. Let's not go there. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're essentially the main points that I wanted to talk about anyway. Do you what? have anything else? Out what? of 10, what would you give it? Out of 10? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, you know what? I'd probably give it probably in eight and a half. Yeah, exact same score as me. Yeah. Because... Scored pretty highly for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's not many elements of it that it didn't have... That it was flawed. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of it was pretty bang on. And, like, it had a compelling storyline. The cinematography was fantastic. The performances from the... From the cast. cast were fantastic. From the... From um, the... The director... <laughs> the director's, I guess, direction yeah. of the movie as well. Brilliant. Yeah. No. Very, very well done. Very impressed. What about you? Oh, eight and a half easy. Just, again, same points, reiterating what you've said. And getting a textured, layered film to actually watch. It's been a long time since I've actually had a chance to sit down and watch something like that. Where, 
like you said, it's compelling. Like from start to finish, you don't feel the timeline of the movie. Yeah, you don't. and you're just completely because it's not exactly in. a short film. No, it's, it's what an hour and fifty minutes. Yeah, so that's yeah. what an hour and well, an hour uh, one hundred and twenty is two hours. So two, so two hours and like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's a decently long movie. Yeah, but it didn't feel long at all. At all. Well, hello, good one, Tony. Shut up, you bitch. Shut up, you big bearded bitch. <laughs> Fucking rice patty slut. <laughs> rice patty slut now. You heard. Oh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's a wrap. Yeah. Well, there we go. Guys. So, if you haven't seen it. Go watch it. Either watch it by whatever means you have or go out and buy it on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever the fuck you're buying it on. But it is it is worth a watch. It, Just you know, make sure you say, have speakers. I would even say it actually is a movie worth buying. Yeah, I would too. That, yep. That's a definitely one of the ones you want in the collection. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Fucking great fun. Awesome. There and yeah. Do you want to try your hand at it this time? No, I'll, I'd rather not. Oh, really? <laughs> Why don't you give it a go? No, nah, I'll be all right. Do it. No. Don't be a bitch. I'm not going to be. Well, then do it. Don't be a bitch. House. House? Yeah, that throws a sh- fucking spanner in the works. Figure that out now. What do you mean? Exactly my point. You're so just use- say your shit. You're just a useless cunt. You know that? Oh, what? what was that for? Do it. You're a bitch. Mm. If you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, and whatever other podcast app you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. And where will they follow you? Uh, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at tboner80figs. That's T-B-O-N-E-R 80-F-I-G-S. And you can follow me on Snapchat at tboner18. That's T-B-O-N-E-R 18. And for myself, you can follow me at braddles2505. So that's B-R-A-D-E-L-S 2505. At Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram, all same handle. There we go. There we go. Well, there it is for another another episode. Yeah, until hopefully, another um, six weeks from now. <laughs> hopefully, it won't be that fucking long this time. No. But um, we'll endeavour to get our asses back into here and um, have a more regular schedule. Correct. Yes. So yeah. Until so, next so time. Then, yeah. Fucking. Da! Da!